Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Good morning, Benny. Howdy, How are neighbor. You? I'm doing very well. Big hug to you. Big hug. Howdy, neighbor. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these are the people in our neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have not heard that in for a minute. Yeah. Well done. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Howdy, yeah. neighbor. How's it going? I'm yeah, going to have so to look that one up for us. Yay. <laughs> um, I'm just warning everybody listening. I do not know what's going on. It's the We're just giggling today, and I've got, you know, it's just kind of the way it is when I get my guest on. Just, I don't know. Just, you know, sometimes you're with your soul family and you're just happy. Yeah, exactly. Well, if we were kind of referring to, we'll, we'll let our listeners in on a little bit of behind the scenes. We were chatting about like the sleep patterns in the last couple of days. And I totally agree with our guest yesterday. It was okay. But the two days, the day before that, nope, not even. I mean, it was such an issue. Like every two hours I was waking up and I'm like, oh my gosh. Then I was like, am I late for work? Oh my God. What, what day is it again? Like I could yeah. not wrangle it in. It was so bizarre. Well, Benny, honestly, I had the same thing. Like, I was like, what day is it? Even this morning I woke up and I went, is this, am I supposed to do my radio show? What I really, day is I it? really thought today was Friday too. Yeah. <laughs> I really I, did. I, I was like, just, what? Yes. just a little bit goofy. And, yeah. um, um, I, <laughs> I have a, a shirt that says something to the extent of, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it was a full moon and I was left unattended. It's not my oh. fault or something like that. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the moon upstairs in the sky or yeah, the moon yeah, downstairs yeah, the moon. on the yeah, ground? The glowing orb of truth up there, you know, okay. trying to help. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Just blow that off. Anyway. Um, yeah. I hope everybody's enjoying this beautiful weather that we're having. And uh, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for almost 30 years. Crazy, crazy. Reiki one class is coming up on Saturday, June 10th, which is this Saturday. I have plenty of room. We're meeting in person at Reiki Oasis. You're going to want to come do it. It's for everybody. And I even think children should go through Reiki one. Yeah. It's a natural thing that we do. Um, Temple of the Divine Feminine for Women is June 17th. And yes, if you want to go to Egypt, please send me an email. Send it to ReikiOasis at gmail.com. I take groups of travelers on sacred magical adventures. We're going November 1st through the 14th of this year. And I got to tell you, it is calling. Egypt calls us. Sometimes these trips call us. And um, who knows? Maybe there's something there for you. Or maybe there's someone you're supposed to meet that's going to be on that trip. So uh, get in. The trip is about three-fourths full. So we do have room uh, available. Now, very quick astrology checking because I want to get my guest on because I have so much to talk to her about. And you're going to want to listen because it's it's, we're going to push the edges of consciousness today for sure. Earlier this week, Venus entered Leo. And this is a very important cosmic event because it relates to matters of the heart and your finances. As Venus travels through Leo, it will station retrograde next month on July 23rd, which is a time of working on heart opening the heart. <laughs> During that time, we're guided to clear and mend wounds around our hearts 
that have been blocking the flow of love. Love is that word that we have in English that covers so much, but it is time to really take a look at the things of the heart. You might find yourself revisiting themes around relationships and money. And whether you're feeling enough pleasure or joy in your daily life, do you like where you're at right now? Uh, because there are some things that could be different. And of course, Venus in Leo can get us thinking about passion. What's my passion? Do I have any passion? Purpose? And how can we truly shine? So Venus is going to be in Leo until October. So these are very powerful themes. A lot of my clients are feeling a tug on their heart to step up their game and it just has to have more heart meaning. That's all there is to it. And then back in March of this year, we had a big astrological event. I've talked about over and over. Pluto moved from Capricorn into Aquarius. And Pluto only changes signs every two decades or so, 20, 25 years. And it had been in Capricorn since 2008. And just to remind you all, Capricorn is about structures. Hmm. But back, um, it, it moved from Capricorn into Aquarius, which is a very different energy. It's an air sign. Then back on May 1st, last month, Pluto stationed retrograde in the new sign of Aquarius giving us a little insight into what this next 20 year cycle might be like. But guess what? In a couple of days, on Sunday, Pluto is gonna move retrograde back into Capricorn. So it just keeps backing up a little bit and it's going to stay there for the remainder of 2023 and finally move fully into Aquarius in January of 2024. So as we have this backward movement into Capricorn, uh, you, you might find uh, yourself and all of us on planet Earth revisiting uh, transformations of the past, especially what happened between October of 2022 and March of 2023. So just kind of ponder that a little bit. What kind of upheavals, what kind of transitions, what kind of transformations have been taking place? We're going to revisit that and, and it's going to be a real strong, uh, powerful movement forward here very quickly because the North Node is going to move into Aries. So all of us Aries people, <laughs> maybe that's why I can't sleep. <laughs> Who knows? It's time to, let's just do it, right? Let's just do it. So we're going to be diving deep, deeper into our subconscious, into the things that need to be adjusted, revealing greater truths. And this is a time for real deep healing and doing all the work on those old traumas. Let's get rid of all that stuff and do something different. With that, I'm gonna bring on my guest. I'm so happy to have my special guest here today. Again, the wonderful, amazing Penny Kelly. I can't say enough good things about Penny. She is a writer, a teacher, an author, a publisher, a consultant, a naturopathic physician. Early in her career, she was an engineer for Chrysler Corporation but left there in 1979 after a full spontaneous awakening of Kundalini to study the brain, consciousness, intelligence, intuition, cognition, and all kinds of things. Beginning in 1979, Penny Kelly experienced a series of life-altering visitations designed to show her the future of our planet, keying in on the United States in particular. 
Her message messengers were a little bit unique and different. She's going to tell us about it. She, she they may 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 have looked a little different. Let's put it that way. And at first, startled by their appearance with no frame of reference for the experience other than the rising of her kundalini, she tried to ignore them, but of course they didn't go away. And the pictures they showed her ultimately of our future all the way out to the year 2413 could not be ignored. So Penny shared these visions in her book, The Robes, A Book of Coming Changes. And it covers a vision of our future that we really need to take a look at. And I also want to say, I don't, I don't actually know, Penny, you're probably going to uh, tell me how many books you've written and co-written. It might be 23, might be 500. I don't know. Welcome to the show, Penny. I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to be here. Thank you. And thank you to everybody out there. <laughs> oh, here I go again. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. your energy just makes me want to laugh and giggle with you. So good. Yeah. <laughs> good. There needs to be a little more laughter in our world these days. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Wow. So I know you, yeah, I know you've been on my show before, but um, yeah. man, where do we start? Maybe go back there and, and, and fill in the blanks a little bit. Like, okay, what happened? Who came? And anything, anywhere you want to jump in, because I really, really trust your, I can, I can feel you. I can trust, I trust it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think if I were going to fill in any blanks, there's a lot of blanks even for me, I'm sure. Um, every so often I go back and I read what I had written. I mean, it's all in me. Yeah. In robes. And I think, oh my gosh, did I write that? Oh my, oh my. And there's this kind of a, oh, that triggers this, and then something else gets triggered. Um, and the enormity of what they showed me hits, and I'm kind of awed all over again by their, their, their these little men in brown robes who showed up. Um, and I did not know what the heck was happening. Um, I didn't, Kundalini had occurred, but it wasn't, I didn't know what it was at that point. I didn't know what was wrong. I just knew that I had this cosmic consciousness that was unlimited. I could see and hear and know and feel everything everywhere in the universe at all times. And there was, I think the important thing um, is that once you wake up like that, it indicates that there's more light moving through your system. And that light is what attracted these little men in brown robes. And I think now, as I look back on it, that there are uh, groups of people or even individuals who go around the universe looking for people who have suddenly awakened and they try to ease that awakening because it is devastating. It's very difficult to, to deal with the information that's coming in and i didn't have any background in metaphysics i was never interested in any of that stuff i was an engineer i was focused on my job and my work and my kids and stuff like that um so i i just thought you know i was going crazy but um they kept coming back and they kept asking can we show you some pictures you know we'd like to show you some pictures 
we have some more pictures. <laughs> and that was really difficult for me. Um, at first, I, I was rude. Um, you know, first I was terrified and then I was rude. And then I felt guilty for having been rude because that isn't how I was raised. But um, the whole thing uh, became a series of visits, maybe lasting, uh, that was, uh, I think, the end of 79. Kundalini had started in the, actually, the beginning of 79. And then um, they started coming around. There were, I'm, I'm not really sure how many visits. I think there were like 18, maybe 19. I wrote about 16 of those visits because a couple of them were, they were training to understand frequency. So it was a very different kind of, of interaction than some of the, the pictures. <laughs> so um, they kept coming around until 1981. And I was very relieved when they stopped coming around and I was overwhelmed by all the information. Um, and they started right out with something that was, I'm sure, geared to you know, be unforgettable. They sh they took me out away from the planet and showed the planet tilting, you know, kind of rocking back and forth and the ocean splashing and it was a disaster. And, um, and they said, you know, be aware that your planet cleans herself from time to time. And I was like, you know, freaking out at that point. It's like, I I'm done with these guys. I, I don't know what they're about, but this doesn't make any sense. But they managed to get me to hang on. And, uh, and then from there, we kind of zeroed in on what was happening on the planet. They started right in with the government. They said, your government is not a government anymore. It is a corporation. It is being run as and by corporations. And um, they continued on from there. Uh, they talked about every aspect of life, government, um, agriculture, money, uh, food, um, health, education, sex, business and trade. I, I mean, everything. They just covered it all. And we um, finally, when we stopped meeting, when they stopped coming around, um, I started looking for a while to see, is anything really happening? You know? Yeah. And yeah. it didn't look to me like anything was happening and I was still struggling with Kundalini so badly but um a couple years ago somebody said to me well how many things that they talked about are happening or did happen and so I didn't know I started writing down I went through the book and and I was stunned at how many things had already happened or were in progress um and we're we're in it right to the eyeballs, Loretta. <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's actually one of the reasons I wanted to have you on again. You know, it's been a couple of years and yeah. there's so much going on. And I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm going to I'm going to say something on air. I've never actually told anybody. Okay. So here we go. Right. So back when I first got into Reiki, which would have been. Good heavens, when was that? Long time ago. 30 years ago. Yeah, whatever yeah. that was. Um, right. it, it was uh, back when, you know, I'd been living in Saudi Arabia and uh, teaching music over there and playing the piano oh, and came yeah. home and had a 
massive spiritual awakening. And I was directed to go to Reiki, uh, to study Reiki, because I had this energy coming off me that was, right? You know, yeah, that (laughs) stuff. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I do. Oh, my. And during my, um, for those that have studied Reiki, you go through attunements. During my second attunement, men in brown robes showed up. Oh, wow. And dropped a violet flame through the top of my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it stuck in my throat and burned it out and went down to my heart. So now those people listening, so sorry. That was an (laughs) intimate piece of information. But, you know, I I, I lay the groundwork of kind of open-hearted honesty to people as, as much as we can. Because I know that many people are having these experiences right. and the Kundalini awakening. And I'm going to ask you, um, do you think that, yeah, oh, man, how do I ask this question? So <laughs> many people are confused about what the Kundalini is and the awakening of it means. I'm going to just let you answer that question. And do you believe more and more people are having these experiences or what would you say to that? Yeah. Um, oh, there's there's a lot that I, I'll say. First of all, Kundalini is both a physical event and it's a it's a an event in your consciousness, your mind as well, your perception. Um, it is something that can happen very slowly and gradually, or it can happen as it did with me, which is a massive explosion and a complete and total reorganization of your physical and your energy body. And uh, that changes everything about you. Um, When that energy moves through you, it is something that is very, very loud. It sounds like um, you're, it's, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I described it as the sound of this roaring freight train moving up through me. I could feel it. It would, it just went boom, 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 all the way up through the body, hit the brain, exploded my consciousness. And I was in what's called source at that point or the Godhead or um, whatever, whatever you want to call it, where nothing exists, including you. All that's there is awareness. And and when that energy, so let me just say something. I've said this before, but it bears repeating because people need to know that everybody and everything is looking for more energy in order to expand and grow the self, in order to mature properly. And, And when I say mature, I don't mean the kind of maturity that most people think of. I'm talking about spiritual maturity, consciousness maturity. So um, in in other words, if you're in a three-dimensional reality system, you are mature when you are able to access and, and be comfortable and navigate throughout all the realities in that system, in that, that dimensional level, which is a, just a whole bunch of frequencies. So... Um, What happens when, well, I'll just say what happened with me. This is in a spontaneous, sudden, full awakening. Um, There's a massive influx of energy. It's very loud. Um, And there's this feeling that you're having one orgasm after the next as it moves up through the body. 
And then the last orgasm is in the head. And that's when um, you move into what is called source material. That, that energy moving through you and hitting each one of the nerve plexus in the spine as it moves up um, reorganizes that those frequencies and makes them much more efficient, much more powerful, much more expansive in the number and range of frequencies that you can actually access and interpret. And so the result is that your consciousness has changed overnight. And so instantly overnight, I was clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, in and out of the body. These things terrified me. You know, I thought any sort of, I didn't know what it was called even. It was clairvoyance, but I thought that that was witchcraft. And I still hear people talk today like, you know, any change in consciousness is due to demons and witches. And I'm like, oh my God. We need some education about consciousness and what we are. And so I had the great value or the great, the wonderful experience of working in a lab with a physicist named Dr. William Levengood, who was greatly maligned because he was the first real scientist to address crop circles and to explain what they were and how they operated and, you know, all of that. Um, and um, and he went from being like top of the heap to not being able to get published, um, all kinds of hassle. Um, he was blackballed. But I spent 15 years um, studying with him. He said, would you write about my work? And I said, I can't. I don't understand that science. And he said, let me teach you. So I entered into a mentorship with him and um, began to really refine my understanding of physics, astrophysics, um, all sorts of structures that people don't usually talk about. Plus I had had clairvoyant experiences of seeing things like quarks, being able to watch frequencies in midair, um, how they operated, how they interacted, how they produced a particle, how the wave produced a particle. There was all kinds of stuff that, um, that I learned and uh, began to understand. And so what it comes down to, um, well, let me just add one more thing in there. While we were working, Linda Moulton Howe kept feeding us information and, and samples of stuff from UFO landings and animal mutilations and people who had had uh, contact with ETs. And you begin to um, realize that the reality is much bigger, much more comprehensive, much more complex than you ever dreamed. And so that whole thing, that whole experience from Kundalini right on through working in the lab, right on through um, understanding and beginning to do all kinds of experiments. And let me see what happens when I do this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and discovering things that uh, I just would never have guessed in of what consciousness is capable of, how it works, um, all of that. It really became uh, like this massive understanding of we, we are as a people, 
have this amazing potential and we have this extraordinary future just waiting for us. And right now we're moving right toward that. We're watching the old system go down and all of the assumptions and all the beliefs and all the routines and all the structures. And it's really hard to watch people suffering uh, because they're afraid. Um, but just know that we're moving towards something that is extraordinary and very exciting. So, you know, the bottom line is we're here to enjoy life. And, um, and I think we've forgotten how. And so Kundalini is a step into that joy. And I live in that joy now all the time. And it's, and, and it's really, you know, it's very, very difficult for people to get me turned upside down. Or, you know, I don't get uh, turned over very quickly or very easily. Um, and I think that's one of the gifts of Kundalini. So when Kundalini first starts, it's unlimited consciousness. Consciousness has no boundaries. That means you're reading other people's minds. You're knowing what's happening with your parents who live three states away. You can, <laughs> you can tell what's going to happen, um, you know, from minute to minute. You know what people are going to say. Um, you know what they're doing, even if they're trying to hide it. It's disturbing. It's very disturbing. Yeah. After years of being uh, just really clairvoyant and the pain that that causes, I was totally unprepared for the truth. What you end up is, is knowing the truth. Um, and a lot of crying, a lot of trying to go back to just being an ordinary woman is what I called it. Um, eventually, it, it took a long time, but eventually you get comfortable with that kind of consciousness. And eventually you start to use it in practical ways. And I did. And uh, so I've written a number of books about my, my explorations and my researches and my conclusions and what we are capable of. So that's a long answer, but. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I love that answer um, in so many ways. This, this idea of consciousness, um, I feel like, yeah. I, I talk about it in my own way all the time, but this idea that we are evolving into, <laughs> well, uh, some people right. call it the golden age, but this idea where, like you say, we know what other people are thinking. We are, we're turned on, our, our servants are turned on. That's and right. that connectedness that we all have, um, uh, I, to me, the potential of who and what we are is just so vast. And I know. I watch people in little tiny boxes in their, you know, like I know. <laughs> their I know. heads are little tiny boxes and it's painful. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Let me, let me say one thing, let backtrack. You made a statement that I really would like to just change a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about, we are moving, we're at the end of the Kali Yuga and we're moving into a golden age. The truth of, of that statement is is close but not quite we're moving into becoming golden a golden race yeah. people are becoming um there's uh, golden consciousness is considered fully awakened diamond consciousness is considered to be um consciousness that is able to span a number of different dimensions 
and different groups of, of people, races on different planets and different galaxies, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of, of potential in us. Silver is when you begin to wake up. Golden is when you are fully operational. Um, diamond is when you're beyond this dimension, even, <laughs> you know, you're, you're ready to move beyond. So um, I think if people could see that it isn't about becoming or stepping into this beautiful world that just happens to be waiting for you to arrive. No, no, no. It's this beautiful world that is waiting for you to create it and for you to become it. And that's the golden race of people. So the fine difference there, but it's critical because one of the big emphasis that the little men in brown robes put on everything they said was, look, you're creating this. You are the ones creating this. What are you doing? What do you want? And at the time, I could not get my mind around that. <laughs> not uh, just, it was really a question that was, I was so boggled by everything that was happening in consciousness. It was like, I can't imagine, I, I'm not in control of anything. I can't even control my own mind. Um, and eventually, <laughs> I learned. I learned how. So, and now I teach it. So it's, um, you know, it's been 40 years and already I am looking at, okay, how long is it going to take <laughs> before the world wakes up? Um, although it's, it's waking up now um, due to other, other influences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so we're going to take a little station break and my amazing guest today, Penny Kelly, uh, really, if you don't know <laughs> Anything about Penny Kelly, if this is your first exposure to Penny, you know, just just get on board. That's all I have to say. So uh, we're talking about consciousness. We're talking about her book, Robes, and this is Loretta Brown. We'll be right back. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. What do trees make you think of? Life, longevity, health? There's a reason for that. They're the building blocks of our ecosystems, capable of restoring land and environment while creating stable food systems and economic opportunity. At Trees for the Future, for 30 years we've worked with smallholder farmers in developing countries to establish sustainable agroforestry methods where there was once deforestation and poor agricultural practices, there are now thriving microenvironments we call forest gardens, made up of more than 50 species of trees and dozens of shrubs, fruits, and vegetables. 
through trees for the future's forest garden approach, thousands of farming families have successfully brought their land back to life. A sustainable solution to hunger, poverty, and climate change. Sponsored by Trees for the Future. You're invited to join the movement at trees.org radio. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show. And I am original Loretta Brown. That's it. I know there's others out there, but that's just my joke. Remember that these shows are archived. You can download them and listen to them over and over again at uh, KKNW 1150 AM archives for the original Loretta Brown show. We're on iTunes, Podcast One, Megaphone, uh, YouTube, Twitter. We're all over the place. And my guest today is Penny Kelly. We're talking about robes robes a book of coming changes and then also i've got a couple of uh, penny's other books here but you need to check it out she's got the elves of lily hill farm oh yeah yeah if you're growing stuff you need to read that getting well again naturally consciousness and energy volumes one two three and four because i apparently like to read penny's stuff Yeah, you know, I'm trying to teach people in an easy, gentle way. That's uh, also interesting. So much education is boring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So during the break, I was uh, giving you a little heads up. I wanted to ask what what are some of the things or what is an example of a couple of things that the robes told you? Oh, wow. Um, That you want to bring forward. Yeah. Okay. I think the. Um, there were a couple of things that I think are really important for this time. One, um, they kept talking at, at back then, this was 1980, about the global network and how important that was. Um, that was our key to freedom. And they said, if that goes down, bring it back up. Bring it back up. Do what you can. That is the connection that connects all the brains in the world. And all of the will and all of the energy of consciousness. And I, at the time, I'm like, what global network? <laughs> so um, it is, they were referring to the internet, which was coming, but wasn't here yet. Um, and they, and so I think there's been, I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, maligning comments about the internet and it's awful and it's this and that. No, it's not. The internet is just the internet. It's the same argument about AI. Um, you know, we have this AI coming and it's going to be bad. No, no. That's the same argument as guns. Guns kill people. No, don't, guns don't get up in the morning and decide to go shoot somebody. It's the people behind it all. It's us. It's us, guys. <laughs> you know, if we operate the guns, we develop the AI, we then also... Um, make this world, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that was the the theme that they kind of hammered in over and over. Um, they said to watch for the legal system, that it would be corrupted um, and that the it would all be based on language. And like, a, and I really didn't say this that clearly in the book, but it was my understanding that the language would be redefined in order to be able to use it against us and old words would be thrown out, new words would be put in that people would be, okay, well, that must mean 
X, Y, or Z, and it didn't. It meant, you know, GHI or, you know, MNOP or whatever. Um, and so that redefinition of language, I think we're seeing everywhere um, right now, and that's, that's a danger point. They said that there was, um, it was really, really a key thing for us to be aware that we had outgrown the system that we have. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean we've outgrown the system? And yeah. they said, your democracy. And I thought democracy, at that time, I thought democracy was the nth degree of, you know, was the creme de la creme of what you could achieve as a people. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. There is much more beyond democracy. You want to move, you want to put that democracy in your back pocket and, um, and listen to everybody's voice, but that's not how you decide because you have too many people to, for democracy to work. And I said, what, how, how so? And they said, when you have too many people, like democracy works in a group of 200, it doesn't work with 8 billion because when the majority says, okay, we're gonna do this, there's like 4 billion that are still disenfranchised and that's not a small number and they will not go along with it. And so the result is that everything begins breaking up. Um, they did say that the US would break up, um, Canada would break up. I did see the um, um, Europe breaking down as well as breaking up further. Um, there were all kinds of problems in, at the time I just thought, oh, poor Europe, poor Canada, poor U US. Now what I see is that's the West. That is what is known as the West. Um, China, however, also breaks up. Um, they have a revolution. And in fact, just last week, uh, there are these gigantic meetings that occur um, out of body, out of consciousness for most people. But I've been to several of these and there was one last week and it was about the coming China revolution. I was absolutely stunned, like, oh, wow, it's coming. They called it the third stand. And so we, we are doing things in consciousness that we're not aware of, either when we're asleep or when we're distracted. Um, we are multidimensional beings. That was um, one of the things I learned to pursue and have done a lot of study and work around that. Um, and so I understand uh, how consciousness works, and, um, and it is fascinating. The, um, the thing that they wanted us to understand was that we would break up and that many, many people would be lost. Um, at the time, they said it would be through mal malnutrition and starvation, um, mass famine. And I was just like, what are you, what are you guys drinking? <laughs> you know, yeah. we are the richest country in the world. We have food coming out our ears. We throw food away, more food than most people have to eat. We throw away. And that just really bothered me that we, they would, that they would say something like that. 
Um, but they said there's going to come a health crisis in which it will be demanded that you get some sort of proof that you are healthy, some sort of ID, and, and, or otherwise you won't be able to get into your, your grocery store, your church, your drugstore, your theater, your restaurant um, without this ID. And I thought, no, that's, that's not happening in the US. And here we are. And so all of that um, is part of the coming apart of the US. And they said that we would regroup in four or five different regions um, and that each region would have its own set of governance, uh, its own leaders. They said, when you choose your next set of leaders, choose someone with some sort of spiritual understanding as well as this very good up-to-date understanding of how the physical world works the trade the finance the uh, legal system the um, you know everything everything so education medicine all of that um, so we're at the turning point now where um, they said most people would be would leave in the twenty in the first twenty five years of the new century. This was all being said in nineteen eighty, um, and here we are, twenty twenty three. We've had some signs that a lot of people, a lot of people are leaving. You know, we don't want to say too much there or get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but um, that that whole warning said that what they said was, as people leave, you need to regroup, you need to reorganize. Some people will be left out in the boonies with um, all of the stores closed. They said there will be no shopping malls. Um, there would be very few stores. Everything would be done online. And education, medicine, government, um, all online getting food would be grown by the people themselves uh, and if they didn't they wouldn't be here they would starve so um that regrouping um that i think i see signs of that people are looking for where's my like-minded community that kind of thing which is a very good sign it's a yeah. healthy sign yeah um, i i see even here in the city people uh growing food you know, they get these things that are, that go along the wall or something, or they can put ah, it on their balcony and they're growing food. Excellent. excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to I want to bring this point forward. Um, you had said earlier in the show that, you know, the the robes, you know, the men in little brown robes, they they basically said, look, you guys are creating this. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. How much influence do we have at this point over that future? because I, I'm with you that I'm watching everything sort of, yeah. I don't, I, well, it, are we still standing? Have we already fallen? You know, that kind of a thing. And uh, so how much influence do we have at this point and through our consciousness? A hundred percent. It's okay. all us. So well. what they said was, and I did not put this in the book, but I do teach it, um, is that you, you need to understand that it's all you. Every decision moves you in a direction. There are always um, front runners who say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do this. And they're the pariahs at first. 
And then somebody else says, that looks like a good idea. And then somebody else comes along and says, well, heck yeah, isn't that the way it's done? And more and more people get on board. They said, the only thing you need to understand is that you're not powerful enough yet to make it happen immediately. You can't jump to that time and that organizational place. And the, um, you, you can't, if you can't, if you don't know how it works, if you don't know how the realities work, then of course you can't make that move. But they said, the only thing you need to understand is that it will take you some time. Let that time unfold and keep moving. Keep your eye on the ball. Where do you want to go? What is it you want to create? Stop trying to recreate yeah. the past. Yes. So they said, you're not going to get anywhere driving forward, looking in the rearview mirror. Um, and that, I think, is really an important piece for us right now. Um, that's something that when I look forward, I see beautiful structures, beautiful relationships, um, wonderful. We move past competition and into cooperation. That's a big deal right there. Um, so we're, we're now moving at a pretty good clip. So, oh, wow. Thank you so much for that. I, I feel like I'm just going to say what she said. All everything that I do and teach with people is keep your eyes on that. Yeah. Go go that direction. And I always say, stop watching fear porn. You know, like if you're getting all riled up over there, bring yourself back, get yourself back yeah. and go well, in they, that direction. Yeah. They made a comment. Um, they said you have to be aware of what is not working and where the yeah. dangers are. And, and so I was, I knew that there would have to be some tolerance for fear. Yes. But if you, if you go look at something and it gets you all riled up to use your words, and then you fail to bring yourself back to looking at where you're going, that's where the mistake is. Yeah. Um, you have to look at what's happening and then deliberately and very in a self-disciplined manner, bring your consciousness to where you want it to be. And they <laughs> there have been a number of messages in which I've been told, you guys are really lazy with your consciousness. Um, you're so undisciplined. You're like wild animals. And I'm like, we are not. And then I watch what's happening in the world and think, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think we are. That's a, That's a great comment. And absolutely, exactly what you said. Thank you for that clarification of that and, and more words around it um yeah. i i want people to read all of your books and 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 get your classes and things oh. but i i did ask if i could take a few moments with you and have you talk about what happened in february because oh. you had a massive health event that's yeah. kind of unique and interesting and yeah. i would love for you to share it yes thank you okay so i'm basically really healthy one of the things that the robe said to me way back in 80 81 was take very good care of yourself because you'll be a little older when we need you to help build a new world so, i'm not ready for that penny let's go back <laughs> i know <laughs> so i did take very good care of myself um, and, and so February 13th, I wake up in the morning at 7.33 a.m. I roll over. 
um, to look at the clock and see what time it is. And um, yeah, and I had this pain, this ungodly pain in my abdomen. And um, and so I'm, you know, like, oh, what did I, I must have put a bone out of place or I pinched a nerve or something. So I start trying to like breathe it back into order and, you know, eliminate the pain. And oh, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and so I ended up calling a couple of doctors and they said, well, would you like to make an appointment? And I said, no, <laughs> thank you. I need something immediately now. Um, and, and I don't have a doctor because I don't go to doctors. Well, I do have one that I see now and then just for checkup, but um, he's across the state and he's very good. <laughs> But I, it was like, okay, um, I think, you know, something's going on here. So long story short, I, uh, in the afternoon, about 3.30, I get my son and I say, come on, let's go to the hospital. Something is really wrong. It turned out I had a small bowel obstruction. It's called a closed loop bowel obstruction. It was so painful. And, um, and so they, uh, by the time they figured out what it was, it was like seven o'clock in the evening. And I, they sent me by ambulance to the big hospital in Kalamazoo and I had surgery. So um, I'm on heavy drugs, which I'm, and I said to them, be careful. I am very, very sensitive and a little goes a long way. And okay, okay. So the surgery went well. Um, and I have been working the whole day. Normally your bowel starts to die after a few hours and by 12 hours it's dead and they have to do a colostomy. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't want that. Um, and this had been, by the time they did the surgery, it was 17 hours. I had continued to send breath work and golden pink loving white energy <laughs> to whatever was going on in there um and when they did the surgery he said we it was actually the bowel got caught in some old scar tissue and um couldn't get uncaught and he said when they snipped it free he said it turned pink stood right up and started working and i was like oh thank you <laughs> so um, so anyway, the next day I'm in, you know, under heavy drugs. And at first I just blew this off as it was just the drugs, but I had the perception the entire day, that entire night and into the next day that I was on board a ship, um, that I was with some people from elsewhere in the universe. And they said to me quite, you know, in a, quite an ordinary conversation, did you remember that this was going to be necessary? And at the time I did remember, it was like, yep, I knew that this was gonna be part of the equation. Um, and they said, we considered just picking you up, but you have too much presence. That was what they called it, too much presence. And it would have caused a great deal of disruption. So we went ahead with the plan as usual. This is, you know, you are undergoing an upgrade. Your planet has moved into a region where the energies are vastly different. Your blood pressure and your sugar and all of the things that your normal signs 
Um, they have been up lately because of that move into this other uh, energy region of the planet. The planet has moved into another region. And this will help you navigate that region. You'll be in it for the rest of your life. Um, and that will, this will help you not suffer from uh, some increase in blood pressure or blood sugar or all the things that are going on, um, all the markers that your doctors use. And so, um, you know, we had some chats. Uh, we talked about how things were going here. I said it was awful. Um, <laughs> you know, they said, yeah, it looks like it's um, a little bit unsettling. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and there were several trips back and forth. And so I, um, I had, uh, after this, on the second day, I had no pain. And so the next day they said, well, you can go home. Um, and it was almost as if the whole surgery never happened. So I'm talking to a friend of mine who had, um, you know, recently been in the hospital in a, a diabetic coma when he didn't have diabetes and he never had. And he said, um, I had, he had said to me uh, when he was in there, I had these wild dreams while I was in the hospital because he was in a coma for five days. Um, and so I happened to be chatting with him and um, he lives over on the East Coast. And he said, I, I said something about I was on board a ship and I had an upgrade and, um, and they said, you know, it'll help with blood pressure and blood sugar and, um, you know, all kinds of things. And they, so he said, oh, he said, I never told you, but that's exactly what what happened to me. Those were the quote, wild dreams that I had. Yeah. So just because we're short of time, I I have to interrupt in there. Um, I think I had written you that I actually had a very similar experience right at the same time. And um, I just want people to, that's why I wanted you to talk about it. Oh, and okay. I, yep. And There's nine of us. You made 10 then. That's 10 yeah. of us that yeah. had that experience. Same thing and uh, very similar. And uh, I just wanted to bring that out because maybe there's people listening that have had that happen. Yeah. So unfortunately, we are out of time. Penny, we have to do it again. Where can people find you? You have like 15 seconds. Okay. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Patreon. I'm on BitChute. I'm on Rumble, Odyssey. I have a website. It's pennykelly.com. And I have a Patreon channel. That's uh, patreon.com slash pennykelly. Yeah. Amazon, you can get all my physical books on Amazon. Um, if you want a PDF immediately, they're on my website. Yep. Pennykelly.com. Okay.